Lord Jesus, may the light of your word shine in us and through us. Amen. You may be seated. In another chapter of my life, I was a junior high teacher in Indiana. And part of my curriculum was to take those junior high students to the historical and other features of southern Indiana. So my wife and I accompanied that group of 7th and 8th graders. And part of the tour was to go to the limestone caves of southern Indiana. The tour began comfortably as we entered the wide mouth of the well-lit, well-traveled path deep into the earth. The tour was quite interesting as the guide pointed out the stalactites and the stalagmites and the other features of the cave. We found ourselves deep, deep in below the surface of the earth and to emphasize how dark it was there, the guide turned out the light. It was literally so dark you could not see the hand in front of your face. My claustrophobic wife panicked. Make him turn on the lights. Have you ever experienced deep darkness? Maybe it's been the darkness of a cave tour, or more likely it's been the darkness that happens when the storm comes through and the electricity goes out. And then there's the emotional and the spiritual darkness. Life is bright and light, and you can see and enjoy your life, and then suddenly the lights go out. There's a darkness of fear about our health, our children, our finances. There's a darkness of grief at the death of a loved family member or the loss of a relationship. There's the darkness of disbelief and despair. And then there's the darkness in our culture in regards to life issue, especially as life that is conceived and life as it nears its end. For those dark times in our life today, we have an epiphany message from our gospel reading. The people that dwelt in darkness have seen a great light. Writing to a Jewish audience, Matthew often pulls out prophecies of the Old Testament and emphasizes how Jesus comes to be the fulfillment of that prophecy. In our gospel lesson for today, Matthew goes back to prophet Isaiah and a political and spiritual dark time. King Ahaz had led the Israelites in their disobedience against God. And Isaiah had prophesied that if they did not repent, the Assyrian army would come in and take them captive. In hopes of diverting the Assyrian attack, Ahaz made a political alliance with archenemy Syria. That political alliance brought no security. 
And Isaiah chapter 8, the previous chapter said, And they will look to the earth and behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. That political darkness was symptomatic of their spiritual darkness. They had forsaken God and were wandering into idolatry. 700 years later, Jesus comes into another historically dark time. Matthew tells us that Jesus leaves Nazareth and lives in Capernaum. He comes to the people dwelling in darkness. Capernaum was by the sea in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. The armies of the neighboring countries constantly crisscrossed across this land, and war and persecution were part of their routine. It was dark. In addition, some in Jesus' audience had heard the news that John the Baptist had been imprisoned by an insecure King Herod. And so there was the darkness of fear for the disciples of John and Jesus. Turning on the newscast, opening up the newspapers, or scanning the internet reports we read of senseless shootings, war in the Ukraine, political unrest, economic uncertainty, and a myriad of other conditions that are part of our daily world. The conditions of Israel in Isaiah's time and the Capernaum of Jesus' time are still present today. We are a people living in darkness. In the darkness of the world and the darkness of our personal lives is a result of the darkness of sin. However, the good news is that the God who created light with let there be light, is light. In God, there is no darkness. Any separation from God is always darkness. We may have solutions to our temporary physical darkness. We grab a candle or we wave a flashlight or we power up the generator. However, there are no human solutions to our spiritual darkness. But what we cannot solve, God in Christ provides for us. God has given the light prophesied through Isaiah. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus is baptized at the Jordan River, and the announcement is made, a light has dawned. One of the great visual pictures of Jesus in Scripture, and certainly a picture prominent in this epiphany season of the church year, is that Christ comes as light. But to bring that light, Christ had to experience the darkness. There was a darkness of his mother's womb. The darkness of a night in a manger in a barn. The darkness of a midnight escape to Egypt. 
the darkness of isolation in the Garden of Gethsemane. The darkness of loneliness as his disciples abandon him. The darkness of despair as he cries out on Good Friday, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's the darkness of death. And then as his body is put in the tomb and the stone is rolled in front, there's the darkness of the grave. The light of God seemed to be snuffed out. The prince of darkness was seemingly laughing, assuming that the world would be dark forever. But the good news is that there was light on an Easter Sunday morning as Christ comes out of the tomb in the dawn of the day. The God who had created light saying, let there be light, now redemptively says to the world, let there be light. The darkness of death and the darkness of grave could not hold him. Even in this epiphany season, we gather as Easter people celebrating that our Lord is alive and that the light of the resurrection is ours. The one who is the light comes to worried, confused, lonely people. And he says, let there be light. And through his word, he brings the light of his presence into the darkness of our lives. I observe the darkness in the context of the community in which I live. The darkness of grief for a father of three, a widower whose wife died of breast cancer and he struggles to raise three young children on his own. Or the grief of a family who continues to try to cope with the tragic death of a teenage son. There's a mental darkness of a wife, a mother, a grandmother who struggles every day with an obsessive compulsive disorder that denies reality. Several days ago, Pastor Andrew Johnson of Trinity Lutheran Church Manila, just nine miles down the road from where we live, a young 30-something shares that after a 10-year battle with cancer, the doctors informed him last Wednesday at Mayo Clinic that there's no more treatment options. And in their medical opinion, he has weeks to months to live. It's dark. It's dark for him, for his wife. It's dark for the church he serves and the community in which he lives. That's just part of my list. What's on yours? Perhaps the list starts with your own name and your own situation. On the darkness list on this Sanctity of Life Sunday is a continuing darkness of innocent lives lost because of selfish natures. It's my body. It's not economically convenient to raise a child. 
or the increasing darkness for the elderly or otherwise vulnerable. It's too uncomfortable or it's too expensive to extend lives. Unlike the Apostle Paul, Jesus may not appear to us as a blinding light from heaven. Unlike the wise men from the east, there may be no star in the sky to lead us to Jesus, but there is light. The light who came and journeyed throughout all of Galilee to those afflicted, to those the sick, to those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and the list of Matthew 4 goes on, comes into our darkness. The light of Jesus shines through his word. The light of Jesus reflects from the waters in the baptismal font. It glistens from the elements on the Lord's table. God's prophet Isaiah and God's gospel of Matthew have an epiphany message for us. The people in darkness have seen a great light. And God has chosen to have that light shine on us. And then God chooses to have that light shine through us. Matthew's gospel reading for day, today shares the call of Peter and Andrew and James and John. And they go out, having seen the light and received the light, they go out as witnesses of the light. One of the emphasis of the Epiphany season is the mission of the church. And into the dark world, we're called to be bearers and messengers of light. Into the dark corners and contexts of our friends and the communities in which we live in, we're privileged to say, I know the light, and it's Jesus, and he's the light for you. We give thanks today for the light-sharing ministries of organizations like Lutherans for Life, Lutheran Family Service, LCMS Life Ministries. By our prayers and by our financial support, we're partners in confessing and addressing the darkness and bringing the true and only light that brings forgiveness and hope. Many of us are familiar with the term right to life and that emphasis. On this Sanctity of Life Sunday in the Epiphany season. May we have a light to life in Jesus' name. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.